0: It's 6 p.m. and you are listening to Community Radio, KVMR, FM, Nevada City, KCPC, Camino. Today is Monday, July 4th, 2022. Happy Independence Day. I'm Claudio Mendonça. Fifty years after the Apollo program, NASA has big plans to return to the moon and to establish a regular human presence there. Tonight, the California Report explores the role of California companies and engineers in that effort. National Native News reports on Secretary of the Interior, Deb Hollins, the Road to Healing Tour. Al Stoller is here to talk about fire, and we close with a commentary from Chaplain Norris Burks.
1: This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. And a happy 4th of July, the day where we celebrate America and its achievements. And one of the greatest of those achievements when it comes to science and exploration happened in 1969, when astronaut Neil Armstrong stepped onto the lunar surface and into the history books, becoming the first human being to ever walk on the moon. It's one small step for man I have for me The last lunar landing, Apollo 17, occurred in 1972. In the half-century since, not a single person has returned to the moon. But that could soon change. NASA has launched a program to get astronauts back to the moon, maybe by as soon as 2025. But there is a lot of work to do. And the space agency is partnering with a variety of California companies like SpaceX to make sure America's return-to-the-moon dreams become a reality. I wanted to see what some of the work looks like. And that's why I visited an aircraft hangar in the Mojave Desert about 100 miles north of LA, as people around me assembled rocket components. So Mr. Kunz, where are we? What is this space?
2: Uh, We're in our main hangar where we store our flight vehicles, and right now are, are all our test trailers as well.
1: That's Matthew Koons, Vice President of Research and Development at Masten Space Systems, showing me around. Through a contract with NASA, Masten is trying to develop small unmanned spacecraft that could land on the moon to support future human expeditions. Around me and Koons is the fruit of that labor, propellant tanks, rocket nozzles, and landing vehicle prototypes in various states of assembly.
2: So that is our lunar lander terrestrial demonstrator. So it's the architecture of our lunar lander and it's designed to test the guidance navigation and control system and the propulsion system and then a couple other components. So it's uh, set up the same way, but it's scaled to try to represent the lunar flight environment here on Earth. And essentially
1: some future version of that vehicle would be the one that would land on the moon with payloads. Yes, exactly. The work happening in this hangar is a small example of the Artemis program. That's NASA's initiative to send human beings back to the moon, including landing the first woman and person of color on the lunar surface. And unlike the Apollo program of 50 years ago, this time NASA wants to keep a regular human presence on and near the moon as a stepping stone for future exploration of the solar system. Here's how the space agency explains it in a promotional video.
3: And so, we go to the moon now, not as a series of isolated missions, but to build a community on and around the moon capable of proving how to live on other worlds.
1: Mastin hopes all that future lunar exploration and settlement will require a lot of cargo to be flown between the Earth and the Moon, cargo its vehicles would deliver.
4: We're going to be the transportation provider. You want to be the bus in a sense. We're the bus.
1: That's Sean Mahoney, the CEO of Mastin Space Systems. He explained to me what the unmanned vehicles his company is developing might carry and why.
4: So you may have large landers that are bringing in a large number of people, but you're still going to need some supplies. You're going to need resupply, water and food. So in support of humans, it could be those sorts of things. It may also be delivery of robots, rovers, or other sorts of prospecting things without humans involved at all.
1: And Mahoney says NASA is asking its partners in the Moon effort to develop lunar vehicles that are relatively simple to build and reusable, with an eye towards cost control and off-the-shelf technologies.
4: We are all about creating value, lowering the barriers of access to space.
1: Not from a
4: Star Trek level, like, okay, inventing technology that doesn't exist. Just using existing things... And leveraging them and being smart about how you allocate risk and how you go about opening up these opportunities. So essentially
1: how to get to space, work in space, travel through space and to the moon and how to do it inexpensively and reliably. Yeah. Yeah. But here's a dollars and cents reality check about returning to the moon, despite NASA's efforts to control costs. The space agency's Artemis program is years behind schedule, and the estimated cost of launching a human-crewed rocket to the moon has soared from $500 million a launch to more than $4 billion, an eight-fold increase. NASA's own auditor has called the costs unsustainable in the long term. But despite such concerns, the first tentative steps are being taken to return to the moon. Five, four, three, two, one. As part of the Artemis program, last month, Rocket Lab, a small Long Beach based company, launched a rocket from New Zealand towards the moon. Its payload was a small 55 pound satellite about the size of a microwave oven. It will circle the moon and find lunar orbits where NASA will one day build a space station called Gateway to ferry astronauts to and from the lunar surface. Meanwhile, back at Maston's hangar in the Mojave Desert, engineers and technicians work to make their own lunar landing dreams come true. I ask Matthew Koons, what keeps him going?
2: Why do I live out in the desert and uh, far from the cities? Um, yeah, it's really want to push the boundaries of space. One of the kids who never grew out of wanting to be an astronaut. And so being able to work on the technologies, too, especially the really hard problems. The, the really, really hard problems is what makes it so much fun. If we can help get back to the moon, hopefully to stay, that that would be an amazing accomplishment. That's that's why we're here.
1: Mastin hopes to have one of its lunar landers touch down on the moon's surface by late next year. Control
5: to Major Tom. Support for the California report comes from Personal Capital, providing people Ground with financial tools like to the Retirement Major Planner Tom. to help them achieve their financial goals. PersonalCapital.com. Stanford Take Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in your your the area. Now is the time to donate blood and make a difference stanfordbloodcenter.org, and Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org.
1: And that is this July 4th edition of the California Report. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great 4th of July.
0: Secretary of the Interior, Deb Holland will begin her year-long The Road to Healing Tour this Saturday to meet with former Indian boarding school students and their descendants. The tour aims to collect oral histories and to connect survivors and their families with mental health support.
3: This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland will visit Oklahoma Saturday for the first stop on the Road to Healing Tour to hear from former Indian boarding school students and descendants. The year-long tour is part of Holland's Federal Indian Boarding School Initiative, which was launched last year. In May, the Interior Department released an investigative report, which seeks to collect testimony and find trauma-informed support for tribal communities. During a U.S. Senate Committee on Indian Affairs hearing in June, Holland expressed the need to gather testimony and find support.
2: A necessary part of this journey will be to connect survivors and their families with mental health support and to create a permanent collection of oral histories. We know this won't be easy, but it is a history that we must learn from if we are to heal from this tragic era in our country.
3: Holland will also travel to Hawaii, Michigan, Arizona, and South Dakota this year. Additional states are expected to be announced for 2023. The Cherokee Nation in the U.S. Mint recently celebrated the release of the Wilma Mankiller quarter. Mankiller was the first woman elected principal chief of the Cherokee Nation in Oklahoma. Current principal chief of the Cherokee Nation, Chuck Hoskin Jr., expressed his appreciation of Mankiller during the celebration in June, saying she helped lead the way to improve health care and was an advocate for women's rights. If Chief Mankiller's
0: legacy was summed up simply by what she did... My friends, it would be enormous, but her legacy grows because her work
3: continues to make an impact, and I see it every single day. the coin 's design depicts Mankiller looking to the future, wrapped in a shawl and the seven pointed stars of the Cherokee Nation. The Coquel tribe recently released a thousand juvenile chinook salmon in a creek as part of the tribe 's efforts to restore salmon klcc 's Brian Bull reports. Hi.
0: Tribal members sang a song to bless the salmon, which Coquille officials say are among the first of thousands more expected to be released this year. The 2021 spawning project was done with the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife and other partners after surveys showed Chinook salmon numbers had fallen to near extinction in the area. In a video released by the tribe, Coquille Tribal Chair Brenda Mead said she's proud. I'm
3: proud of the fact that we are all coming together as a community to make this happen because there is no way the tribe could have done it by themselves. We've got to keep going, though. This is just step one. It feels like baby steps, but it's the first thousand that are going out, and it's something to celebrate.
0: Invasive bass, climate change, and pollution are seen as factors in the decline of Chinook salmon. For National Native News, I'm Brian Bull.
3: Montana tribes later this year will receive the first round of federal funding for water and sewer projects on tribal lands. Aaron Bolton reports the money comes from a bipartisan infrastructure bill passed by Congress last year.
1: Montana tribes will receive just shy of $2 million this year for construction of new wells and lift stations, as well as other improvements for tribal water and sewer systems. Projects on the Crow Agency, Blackfeet, Flathead, Fort Belknap, and Northern Cheyenne Reservations will be funded this year. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, tribes across the nation will receive a total of $3.5 billion for water and sewer projects by 2025. Outdated water and sewer infrastructure has hampered the Blackfeet Nation in particular, The tribe has been unable to build a new drug treatment center and other sorely needed services because Browning's water and sewer system is maxed out. For National Native News, I'm Aaron Bolton.
3: And I'm Antonia Gonzalez.
1: National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation, with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. The Institute of American Indian Arts presents the virtual holiday marketplace now through the new year. A variety of items from the IAIA community are now available for purchase at iaia.edu marketplace who support this show. Support by BNSF Railway. Proudly supporting the nation's economy by moving the goods that feed, supply, and power communities across the country. More at bnsf.com tribalrelations. Native Voice 1, the Native American Radio
0: Network. Locally, as of this afternoon... The Rice's Fire, the fire that's been burning in the Bridgeport area of Nevada County since June 28th, is holding at 904 acres and is 65% contained. All evacuations and road closures associated with the Rice's Fire have been lifted. A new fire ignited this afternoon, this time in Jander, just north of Banger in Butte County. According to Ubinet.com, that blaze is currently between 40 and 50 acres in size and is 0% contained. Moving to the capital... According to the Sacramento Bee, a protest organized by the Sacramento group Progressive Unity against the U.S. Supreme Court's recent overturning of Roe v. Wade spilled onto Interstate 5 this afternoon via an on-ramp, stopping northbound traffic and causing a blockage in downtown Sacramento near L Street. At around 12.45 p.m., California Highway Patrol officers, accompanied by police trucks, assembled in a line to push protesters off the interstate. Caltrans reported that the northbound lanes had opened around 1 p.m., but that certain highway ramps remained closed at that time. The Sacramento Bee also reports that five people were shot, one of whom was killed early Monday morning in downtown Sacramento. This is the second mass shooting in the city's core in three months. Sacramento Police Chief Kathy Lester said that the shooting took place outside the Mix downtown nightclub at 16th and L Streets as the club was closing down. Turning to regional weather and air quality. In Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 54, Tuesday will be sunny with a high near 77. Tuesday night will be mostly clear, with a low around 55 degrees. Tomorrow, the AQI, the Air Quality Index for Grass Valley and Nevada City, is forecast to be good at 20. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming mostly clear, with a low around 41 degrees. Tuesday will be sunny, with a high near 68. Tuesday night in Truckee and Lake Tahoe, the skies will be mostly clear with a low around 42. The AQI forecast for Truckee and Lake Tahoe tomorrow is also good, at 19. In the Valley, Sacramento, and Woodland, tonight mostly clear with a low around 62. Tuesday will be sunny with a high near 83. Tuesday night should be mostly clear with a low around 59. The air quality index for the Valley tomorrow is expected to be good, with a value of 14. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Fire didn't always exist here on Earth. Coming up next, science correspondent Al Stoller presents a very brief history of the phenomenon.
5: Biology is the study of life. Despite years of debate, biologists have yet to agree on a definition for the word life. Any definition would have to include, in some way, shape, or form, the concept that life is an uphill climb. Rocks do not have brains. So when I say that when I pick up a rock, let it go, that rock wants to fall down. It's not that the rock thinks about it, simply that the rock is following the ways of the universe. The universe, everything in the universe, wants to go downhill. Head out to the seashore and build a sandcastle, a pile of sand. It will not be long before wind and waves and gravity knock that sandcastle flat. All those grains of sand want to drop downward. Billions of years ago, bacteria living in water, Bacteria evolved the ability to harness sunlight, to break up molecules, to unglue atoms from those molecules. The atoms they broke off became food, food packed with energy. These bacteria would throw away the atoms they did not need for food. At first, there was nothing special about the atoms they threw away. But then, some bacteria evolved the ability to unglue the atoms in water. The atoms they then threw away were atoms of oxygen. Once the oceans had dissolved all the oxygen they could hold, oxygen escaped into the air. For the first time, air contained oxygen. Those atoms of oxygen really wanted to recombine with the atoms those microbes had pulled off to make water again. Making water would be going downhill for these atoms. And these oxygen atoms really wanted to go back downhill. When oxygen atoms began to recombine fast with food atoms to become water again, Earth saw something it had never seen before. Earth saw fire. With this very brief history of fire, let me wish everyone a happy and fire-free 4th of July. For KVMR, I'm Al Stoller.
0: We close tonight with a timely commentary by Chaplain Norris Burks. Hello, this is Chaplain Norris Burks with another edition of
6: Spirituality in Everyday Life. I've been writing newspaper commentary for the past 20 years, so writer's block can be a problem, especially around the holidays. Fortunately, writer's block is rarely my problem on Independence Day. That's because this Independence Day suggests scores of viewpoints, This is the time we applaud our rights. And man, oh man, we got a ton of rights. We celebrate our right to privacy, free speech, assembly, and my favorite one, of course, is one's own religion. And there's a bunch more all the time. But the problem is we don't always agree on what those rights mean. Uh, For instance, some of us may applaud the right to bear arms, but others feel threatened by those who openly carry their firearm. Some adamantly refuse the vaccine, saying, my body, my choice, but they refuse the same right to women wanting to control their pregnancies. Some may defend a high school coach who appropriates his gridiron for public prayer, while the same group may also refuse Wiccans the right to assemble on school grounds. While many enjoy their right to vote, other groups feel oppressed by laws that complicate and even impair their voting rights. Now, Fair warning here. I'm I'm not sure you want to bring all this up at your holiday barbecue, lest you ignite those fireworks prematurely. But, hey, I'm not trying to spoil the party. I'm just wanting us to ask a question. Has your faith community become overly occupied with securing their rights? If so, does that mean we are ignoring the spiritual mandate to serve the needs of others? For instance, when I look at Hebrew and Christian scriptures, I find the emphasis is never on what anyone the government, or whomever, owes me, but rather the focus is on my service toward those in need. And if that observation holds up, then perhaps there are some significant adjustments to make. In the great love chapter of 1 Corinthians 13, yes, that's the one read at all the weddings, the Apostle Paul says, love does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It's not self-seeking. Now look, whether you're a professing Christian or you follow another path, most spiritual walks direct us to treat each other as we would want to be treated. I'm not saying you should just turn the other cheek while someone stomps on your rights, but I am saying your attention may need to be refocused. For instance, instead of screaming about your right to own a gun, consider helping those who are victims of gun violence. Instead of raising your voice over the rights of mothers or the rights of the unborn, Turn your ministry toward those who have no choices. Instead of defending the right to pray in public, follow 1 Timothy 2 and pray for your leaders. Finally, while this commentator enjoys his right of free speech, you may decide to exercise your free speech and tell me to shut the hell up. My response will likely be my well-rehearsed answer, if you honor my freedom to speak, I'll celebrate your freedom not to listen. But. I do hope you'll continue to listen, lest my producers exercise their right not to broadcast. This is Chaplain Norris Burks. If you enjoy hearing this commentary, consider hearing me in person when I speak at First Baptist Church in Nevada City, July 10th at 1030 a.m. And don't forget to visit my website, thechaplain.net. Thanks for listening. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the speaker only and not necessarily those of KVMR, its staff, management, board, or
1: contributors.
0: That concludes the KVMR Evening Newscast for the 4th of July, 2022. KVMR gets support from our listeners and from business supporters like Ben Franklin Crafts, locally owned and offering art classes for children, including Mommy and Me, creative classes, and the Ben Franklin Summer Camp. For arts and crafts, Ben Franklin Crafts is on Sutton Way Grass Valley. Online, benfranklin-crafts.com. And Milkman Toner Company, providing local hometown service for network printers, copiers, and scanners. Carrying remanufactured toner cartridges with printer support. Serving Northern California counties from San Francisco to Lake Tahoe. MilkmanCompany.com I'm Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for listening, and again, Happy Independence Day!